0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me once again in the studio today is the Rev. Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. Hans Vogt, associate professor, Ulster County Community College.
1: Happy to be here.
0: Well, gentlemen, uh, last week we left this off at immigration, and we were going to be picking it up again today. And uh, time has flown so fast, here we are once again. And uh, yes, we would like to talk more about immigration. And uh, right before we open the mic, one of you gentlemen was talking about a person in the Bible that would be great to talk about in our opening segment here. That person is Ruth. And who can help us remember some of the facts surrounding her life?
1: Well, uh, you have the story, of course, Ruth, in the Old Testament. Uh, You have a Jewish couple, uh, Elimelech and Naomi, who had uh, moved to Moab as immigrants. Uh, And then, of course, um, their children uh, uh, married uh, Moabite women. Uh, Elimelech dies. The two sons die. uh, And Naomi decides to return back home to Israel, and her daughter-in-law, Ruth, makes the decision to go with her as an immigrant now from Moab into Israel. And she makes a commitment, not just to travel with Naomi, but to identify and assimilate. Uh, In Ruth 1, verse 16, she says, Wherever you go, I will go. Mm -hmm. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And so it, we again, we have that we talked about it last week that commitment that you you come as an immigrant, then you are going to assimilate, you are going to um, not just in terms of of submitting yourself to the laws but also in terms of faith as well mm.
2: yeah that that whole story also gets into we were talking last week about the uh, the alien who was to be cared for, and the widows, of course, Ruth was a widow, her husband Malon having died and And Naomi, uh, Limelech having died, and so they're they're widows, but Ruth is also the alien there. And what did they have? They had this principle of of gleaning. In other words, uh, when the harvesters went out, they left stuff. They didn't clean the fields. They left stuff for those who had special needs, and so that's what Ruth was doing. She was going out and gathering the leftovers, and of course, Boaz happened to notice her and said... Really, be sloppy with your cutting and leave a little extra for her, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. so uh, you, you see all those principles coming together of, there of are a lot them. of principles yeah.
0: there when you 're talking about the gleaning i 'm thinking well wow, this this lady was willing to do her part right uh, she didn't want a handout. She was willing to work at it and get provision
1: that way. Now, an opposite story, um, of course, one of of Boaz and and Ruth's uh, descendants is going to be King David, right? Mm. And unfortunately, King David has sort of an opposite experience where he Um. sees a beautiful uh, foreign woman, Bathsheba, decides he wants her for himself, uh, and then decides that he has to get rid of Uriah the Hittite, her husband, and, Mm -hmm. and arranges to have him bumped off in battle. Um, so you know, they're sort of the the opposite example of not treating uh, the strangers within your uh, within your mm, midst. Well, that's a good point.
0: Anything else from the life of Ruth that we might uh, try to apply to the whole idea and even debate about immigration?
2: Well, I don't know. You know, if you you want to apply this, but I just was thinking. You know, when she came back in, and of course. Uh, The connection she had, and and part of her acceptance, was the fact that she had been married to Malon. So that when it came to the time for marriage, for Boaz to get her, there was this connection. Now, if I understand right, part of our immigration law is to be sponsored by someone. Mm -hmm. And you had this kind of uh, sponsorship. Uh, She didn't just come out of the blue, Mm -hmm. as it were.
0: Well, gentlemen, another case from Scripture is the Lord Jesus himself. What was his experience?
1: Well, you probably remember that uh, after being born, um, Joseph uh, is warned uh, in, in a dream to take the family to Egypt. And so they are refugees in Egypt for a period of time. Uh, until King Herod dies, and, and they are told, uh, you know, by the spirit that it's now safe to go back home. Mm. So uh, even our Lord had the experience of, of having to be a refugee and, and seek asylum uh, in a foreign land, if only for a brief period of time.
0: Yeah. Now, when we have refugees or immigrants, uh, aliens, sometimes they may be called in our land. Um, What is the Christian response to them in terms of how we treat them? I know we touched upon this briefly last week, and yet uh, coming up is a short break here. But before we get to that, how would we summarize a just and humane treatment of uh, the alien among us?
2: You know, one of the things is, of course, anyone who's here, we treat humanely. But one of the things that we have to—we were talking about being a refugee— We have a number of people who are persecuted, and sometimes we have a lot of Christians who are trying to get to this country because they're persecuted and Mm -hmm. and often deported back with uh, sometimes disastrous results. I Hmm. cannot help but remember probably about 10 years or so, I went to a concert uh, where Michael Card was singing, and he was talking about, at that time, I believe it was in the Philadelphia area, a number of Chinese Christians who were trying to get entrance into this country and the nation it seemed was determined to deport them back to China but of course they did not want to go because of the persecution that they were receiving and and one of the things is it's really sad when our nation doesn't recognize some of the persecutions going on and, and some of the reasons for people coming here is to get away from some of this persecution. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's been a principle of our immigration policy from the beginning, the idea that we offer asylum uh, to the persecuted and, and to the oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do admit um, tens of thousands of refugees each year Just looking at the numbers in front of me, in the year 2008, um, over 60,000 refugees were admitted to the United States. But we have a problem. Um, For example, as to what you just said, Mark, um, when the laws were rewritten to try to keep out members of terrorist groups, and certainly legitimate concern, the the definition was so imprecise that uh, a number of uh, Christians from uh, Burma or Myanmar... Uh, Ethnic Karen Christians, Christians, uh, whom uh, Adniram Judson administered to, um, were not allowed to come in um, because they had, um, you know, been in some way connected with the Liberation Army uh, there. And so um, religious groups, Christian groups here in this country had to work very hard with the Bush administration to get those uh, definitions rewritten and to allow these people to come in.
0: Good. Well, keep that thought. I see that we're up against a break here. We'll be right back. You're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today's discussion is on immigration. Stay with us.
3: We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month and perhaps in the future— Our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program.
0: And welcome back! You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Rev. Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Professor Hans Vogt of Ulster County Community College. We've been talking about immigration This is the second uh, broadcast dealing with this interesting subject. And gentlemen, a follow-up question now on immigration is regarding the legal aspects of uh, immigration and maybe what some of our policies should be. Um, We're Christian men here We've read the Bible Not that we're necessarily experts On every word in the Bible But certainly we come at this From a biblical perspective And um, if we were to Um, Work, You know, maybe some of our kids, you know, some of us here have homeschooled, and lots of those kids are trained in law and uh, politics and even that, and sometimes uh, you never know. They may get into uh, being the future leaders, we hope they will, of this great nation. Anyway, who wants to get us started here about talking about some of the key legal aspects of immigration and how it is to be done?
1: Well, I think, obviously, any country including the United States, has uh, a duty uh, as well as the right to maintain control uh, over its borders, to try to uh, keep track of of who is in this country. There are legitimate uh, security concerns there. Um, I I think particularly for the U.S., that has to be tempered with the realization that we are so large and have such long land and sea borders that Mm -hmm. you are never going to get 100 percent control of that. But also, I think, you know, when we look at it from a Christian perspective. We, we certainly have the biblical imperative to, to do justice um, to the alien. We also have the biblical uh, imperative to uh, respect the law and to respect those in authority. And so I think we can and we need to balance compassion uh, and justice. We need to mm-hmm. balance fair treatment for all. Mm -hmm. Um, regardless of what country it is you're coming from, um, but also with an insistence that uh, everybody does need to follow the law. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, here's a case in point that's hypothetical but could really happen. Uh, Suppose one of you fellows are involved in a class, maybe English as a second language. Uh, You're you're helping um, immigrants uh, to learn English, and then lo and behold, you find out you've got a few in the class who are illegal aliens.
2: Um how could that be handled? Well, I think one of the things that you certainly have to do is is tell them the individual that they need to get in line with the law mm-hmm. and uh, that may be very difficult, but I think they need to do that. I know immigrant law is very difficult, I I think as mentioned before I have a daughter-in-law who is Canadian and it has cost uh, it, it, there there are situations that they've been in because of her status as an alien as a legal alien uh, for this country legal a-legal, or not not an illegal. illegal, not an illegal, <laughs> a-legal, Yeah. Uh, starting with the letter L, legal, yes, she is legal, uh, but uh, in order to maintain that legal status, especially with them being down in Brazil, they at one time had to buy two special airline tickets, I mean, it's cost them hundreds of dollars yeah. uh, for her to jump through the correct hoops. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because our country has a concern. Sure, and I wouldn't say that that's wrong. Yeah. Um,
0: so you would go to this person in your class and basically counsel them to go right. through the proper means and and become a, a a citizen. Right, and that harkens to, of course, to the case in Matthew 18 where you have uh, an offended brother. And, uh, and it kind of reminds me of that anyway. Of, mm. if, if he's offended, you go speak to him first. You don't blab it all over to everybody, right. and uh, that's a much better way of dealing with the problem.
2: Well, that's a <laughs> Christian principles there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what about um, security concerns? I, that seems to be on um, the radar screen, as it were, of uh, a lot of people today. Um, people manage to get in to our borders, and Hans, you've mentioned we're never going to get 100% patrols and all of that uh, of our border, but what do we want to do in terms of protecting this country and yet having a biblical perspective to the immigrant but maintaining this security? Any any guidelines there?
1: Well, this has been a long-standing problem. Um, you know, the United States has wrestled with this. Um, first, with uh, in the time period that I studied and wrote about the early 20th century with uh, anarchists, who were the, the terrorists of that time. Uh, then, in, in, in after World War II and the Cold War, um, communists, um, today with terrorists.
0: What, what did the anarchists want to do?
1: They wanted to overthrow all government. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, all right. But, you know, the problem is, so so how how is the government handled it? Well, they passed laws saying, That anarchists can't come, and then later communists can't come, and that later, Mm -hmm. uh, or Nazis can't come, or uh, now terrorists can't come. Well, how do you enforce that? Well, you ask immigrants are you an anarchist? And then they'll say, oh, are no, I'm not therapist. an anarchist yeah. until I get there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, and if you read the, the application for, first of all, to come into the country, and then for naturalization, and, and Mark, your daughter-in-law, I can tell you this, I'm sure, they, they still ask you these questions. Are you yeah. now or have you ever been a Nazi? Are you now or have you ever been a communist? Yeah. Are you now or have you ever been a member of Al-Qaeda? Well, clearly, if you were, you aren't going to admit to it. So... How do you design a law that's going to, you know, you you want, these are legitimate concerns, um, but in terms, you know, as always, the devil's in the details, right? How do you Mm. actually enforce it? How do you really figure out who is safe to let in and who isn't?
0: Mm -hmm. I I see you're thinking, you know, uh, everything's solved by the gospel, and I don't mean to just, you know, just be so vague, but, you know, (laughs) <laughs> if if we follow the Great Commission and God is blessing that evangelism and the hearts are changed, man, will this country start becoming safe, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, and by the way, you mentioned that uh, naturalization. And uh, before we open the mic one of the times, um, somebody mentioned that uh, – Hans, you mentioned that there's these naturalization tests. And right. there's actually online uh, self-tests you can take to prepare um, to be naturalized. And, uh, Mark, I believe you have a couple of sample questions there. Uh, we share that with our listeners?
2: Yeah, there, here's just a few and see how well you do here. The Federalist Papers supported the passage of the U.S. Constitution. Name one of the writers, and they give you four choices. John Adams, George Washington, James Madison, and Thomas Jefferson.
0: Now, now you're telling me this is, this is a question that's asked people who want to become citizens? A potential yes. question?
2: Yeah, that's a. I, I just one.
0: I just wonder how many of our high schoolers would even have a clue the answer to that
2: question. Yeah, well, that's it. And uh, well, I'll give a couple more. Who lived in America before the Europeans arrived? The American Indians, the Floridians, no one, or the Canadians? <laughs> I know some would say the Canadians. hey, uh, <laughs> eh? you know, yeah. but. Uh, and then the 3 this is the house of representatives has how many voting members 100 200 435 441 well as you can see uh, there's
0: some questions here and uh, you got a whole slew of them that um even those of us who have been citizens you know from our birth here in America, we may not even be able to okay, answer dan, some ma- of these questions <laughs> come on dan how many House of,
2: uh, how many in the House of Representatives?
1: <laughs> A lot. (laughs) (laughs) I've given this um, naturalization test to some of my students at at the college. Yeah. uh, And I've kind of jokingly said, if you can't pass this, then we're going to deport you. Yeah. And uh, if that were true, we would deport some students. Yeah. Um, And and very often the ones who, uh, they're embarrassed, frankly. Yeah, Yeah, Um, which is good.
0: So, in other words, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking you could find some some, uh, recent immigrants uh, having come in the proper way who know more American history than those
1: of us who were born here. And sometimes they're more patriotic than those Ah, who are born here. Now that's interesting. We need to remember that immigrants uh, come because they choose to come. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, what attracts them, of course, are our ideals, our freedom, Mm -hmm. our government, Mm -hmm. and so forth. They don't take it for granted the way those of us who were born here take it for granted. Yeah, that -hmm. is a
0: good point. You know, there's a paper written, uh, a white paper. Hans, you brought it to our attention. And it comes from the EV Free Church of America. And uh, would recommend this paper. It's a fine little white paper. It's called A Stranger at Our Gates, A Christian Perspective on Immigration. Resolution adopted at General Conference 1996, Evangelical Free Church of America. And thanks, Hans, for passing that along to us. Um, you want to summarize any of the points uh, from this paper? I know I'm just uh, bringing it up here off the cuff at the spur of the minute, but um, I know you're up to it.
1: Well, they mentioned a, a few themes here, which, which I think are important. Um, one is we've already talked about the idea that uh, um, we are uh, ourselves are strangers and aliens uh, mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. earth, that we are citizens of a different kingdom. Um, and the idea that we are to, to do justice uh, to aliens, uh, that we've, you know, we see that repeatedly throughout the scripture. Um, but another theme that we've talked about, too, that they mention is the idea that uh, we need to see them, all people, uh, whether they're aliens, whether they're native-born, in the image of God. Uh, and right. that the, the intrinsic worth of the individual is not based on your culture, it's not based on your citizenship or anything, it's based on the fact that you are made in the image of God. Um,
0: yeah, we're different than the animals. Right, exactly. We are human beings, that's right. How about the, um, I'm just looking at the article myself, they also bring out the great commandment is to apply to the alien, because he or she is our neighbor, you know, mm. to, to, to love them.
1: Exactly. Uh, and when you talk about, you know, as we do, as we, you know, society has been obviously debating um, uh, these issues about immigration and, and how do we change the laws and so forth. Um, one of the things I like about this paper is they also ask some some sort of self-reflective questions. Um, to what extent are our attitudes toward immigration shaped by racism or by materialism? Um, in other words, uh, we need to always, you know, be checking with ourselves, is our, are our attitudes, is mm-hmm. our heart in the right place, or are yeah. we letting wrong, sinful attitudes creep in here?
0: Mm. I haven't been in these situations very often, but, but what I want to share is, have you ever been in a church situation where there were a variety of people from different walks of life, from different races, from different mm-hmm. cultures, um, maybe Asians, um, African Americans, Uh, Dutch people, and they all are converted. They all love Jesus. There is such a wonderful feeling uh, Mm -hmm. I get when I'm in a church like that where people, uh, it's like the little old Sunday school song, red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. And uh, when they all worship together, it's just a wonderful thing. And you know, I, I think it's just a little bit of heaven on earth. Because someday we will be with our Savior, and these people Mm -hmm. from all over the world, uh, Christian, God's elect, will be in heaven, worshiping our Savior. It's a wonderful thing.
1: And we've been reminded several times in recent years now by scholars who study missions in the global church that, um, you know, as as people of, of European descent, we're now in the minority within the global church. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, we need to be comfortable <laughs> with that, the idea that uh, it's true. when we when we get to heaven, it's going to be every kindred, every
2: tribe, that's every tribe. true. Time.
0: And um, doesn't he say it's a number of people that no man can number? That's uh, right. What yeah. an ocean of people. Praise it, God for that. It,
2: it, we were in Brazil a couple years ago, and it was our first time in Brazil. And my son went and introduced this individual who was a basically a rag seller on the street, but he was a Christian, and it was just so neat to meet Hooven's, and uh, we had an instant bond right there. You yeah. know, yeah. He didn't speak hardly any English, just a very little English, and I spoke uh, far less Portuguese, mm-hmm. but. Uh, We had this instant bond right there. um, makes a difference when you know the same person, doesn't it? The
0: person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, gentlemen, this has been a good discussion today. Let's have some quick wrap-up comments. I see we're running up against the clock here. And uh, how about some summary statements regarding immigration?
2: Well, I think one of the things we understand, because we are aliens, uh, we love the aliens as well, and and, uh, I I would say immigration is also a great opportunity to reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ to cultures and nations we can't get into. Hmm. And some of those people will be going back to those nations. Mm So this is a, a tremendous opportunity for us as Christians.
0: So see it as an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I would agree wholeheartedly. And one of the things that's interesting is that in the, the, the time period that I studied in the late 19th, early 20th century, there were many writers who commented on the idea that the United States was reversing or undoing the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, where, at, where, of course, in the, in the Tower of Babel, of course, the, the peoples of the earth were confused and scattered and and divided. And many commentators and scholars saw the United States reversing that and bringing together all the people Mm -hmm. of the world. And I think if we take that, obviously, from a Christian perspective, that that our unity uh, comes through Christ, uh, I think that's a wonderful vision.
0: Right. As long as we're not building up a name for ourselves and having the pride of the people of that day, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, that, Mm -hmm. that actually is a strong argument for having... One language uh, in a nation Because Mm -hmm. it gives it great strength Well gentlemen, it's been a pleasure And I trust that uh, Our listeners found this helpful today We've been talking about immigration Here on A Plain Answer At Redeemer Broadcasting In the studio today with me Has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich Pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York And Dr. Hans Vogt Associate Professor, Ulster County Community College We invite you to visit our website At RedeemerBroadcasting.org Where all these programs are archived As MP3 files there for your enjoyment Please join us again next week At this same time For another edition of A Plain Answer